Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Don't worry, I haven't lost my mind. Carolyn picked the return music. She's coming up in just a minute. If you missed anything in the first hour, Nuan is now. You can find it on the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. I think people think about automatic starters for the winter months, but the automatic starters are clutch right now, too, because you can start up the car, get the AC going. It's not as hot in there. Truth. I was at uh, dinner with a client the other day, and they were uh, they had the dog with them. So then they went and turned the AC on for the dog, rolled the windows down. Okay, everybody's all good. So uh, year-round benefits to automatic starters. Go check out Aspen Sound. They uh, do automatic starters all the time. Uh, they're experts at it. Uh, they're located there on Broadway. And uh, check out the stereo equipment while you're there. Aspen Sound, the proud presenter of the Chicken Does No Sports. Carolyn in studio. Uh, I, I, we started talking about what we were going to talk about, and then you started doing more research. Well, so I, your, your wheels are spinning. My wheels are spinning, yes, because I want to prove you wrong. Okay, let's go. Okay, well, let's just get into it. Michael Orr. Michael, Michael Orr. Orr, yep. <laughs> so he is um, played football for Ole Miss. That's right. Hottie toddy. Uh, that's is that, what, that's is that what, what they say, say there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this is like where you wish you went to school. <laughs> My friend's daughter went there. Right. And so we just have fun. Being I have Southern been to Bells. I've been to Oxford, Mississippi, for four hours of my whole life. I know. I remember you told me. Yeah, we went to there for a tailgate before the game. We didn't even go to the game because we had to go cover a different game. Yeah. We just wanted to see what it was like. Everybody's wearing like three-piece suits. I know. They're in their seersucker. I'm wearing like my Levi's and my polo. And I probably stood out like a... looking weird. Yeah. Anyway, so he played for Ole Miss. And then he went on to play for the Ravens, I believe. That's right. Okay. So... Their movie, The Blind Side, was made about him and the Tui family. Well, the uh, the book, The Blind Side, was written by Michael Lewis uh, years before, and uh, a phenomenal book, and uh, then it was adapted into a movie, but yes. Okay, so the Tuies are the family that brought Michael Orr in yep. and gave him shelter, gave him a home, helped him get you know on the Ole Miss football team, and they created a conservatorship so they could help continue with him, his path to success. He is claiming right now, he filed a lawsuit that he thought he was being adopted yes. and that they took money from him. Yes, that it's, it's the paperwork that he was, that he said that he signed was uh, in fact a conservatorship. Is that what I'm, yes. am I saying this correctly? Yeah. So basically he was signing over his power of attorney to these people. That's what Michael Orr claims. Right. And he claims he thought it was, he was being adopted. Right. Well, I got some news for you. Can't in wait. his 2011 autobiography, he says in there that they were his conservators. Mm. He did not say they adopted me. He did not say anything like that. Oh, so he he's saying that he knew that it was that's yes. what he was signing. Okay. Now, you said before we went to air that they took his money. That's what he's implying. Right. Yes, that's what he's alleging. So they have not, they all split whatever the, the money they initially got 
from the Blindside movie. Okay. So they all got a, a flat fee. Okay. Let's say it was $100,000 and then that was split. And Michael Orr got some too? Yes, it was okay. split evenly. Then there were um, profits from the movie that they got a percentage of. Also put into an account for him, everything was split evenly. Okay. So not- And there's evidence of this? Yeah. Well, according to the Tui's, uh lawyers, it's all documented. Okay. So just wondering- Oh, and then the Tui's claim- that Orr told them that he would plant a negative story about them if they didn't pay him $15 million. Whoa. So something went down. Totally. My initial thoughts were twofold on this. One, uh, from reading the book, The Blind Side, when it first came out in 2006, and then seeing the movie, which I know I'm completely contrarian in this opinion, but I hated, uh, I thought that there was a lot of fabrication within this story on both sides. Uh, but then my other thought was that Michael Orr either is trying to make right here at, because he does feel like he's been wronged or he ran out of money. I think he ran out of money. Yeah. I think that which two- is really sad if that's true because Michael Orr definitely made probably 40 plus million dollars during his time wow. in the NFL. He I'm reading his Wikipedia right now. His first contract was for 14 million dollars, his second contract was for 20 million dollars, and his third contract was for 14 million dollars. So he had certainly made millions of dollars. And the, it's not that the Tuies took any money from him like they they, they might be his conservators but they weren't like taking a percentage. So not, you know, it's kind of weird. I mean, that I know of. Yes. That's not be, That's not part of this lawsuit. Right. I just wonder, here's what I'm thinking. He realized that he has no rights to, their, to an inheritance because sure. he is not adopted. Right. And maybe that's why he's suing because yeah. he's trying to get, they're yeah. getting older. He's like, yeah. wait, I'm not getting any of this inheritance. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is sad because when you read the book, Half the book is about, it's called The Blind Side because it's about the evolution of the left tackle position. Michael Orr just happens to be this up and coming future left tackle that they use as a subject. It's kind of like hoop dreams where they follow these high school kids to make a bigger point. That's what Michael Orr was. He was sort of like this this young subject, but it was to reveal a bigger storyline of why the left tackle is so important. And they go back to when Joe Theismann got his leg snapped in half on Monday Night Football by Lawrence Taylor and how then that moment people realized, wow. Besides the quarterback, the number one guy that's the best guy is the guy that can hurt the quarterback, the guy that comes off the blind side, that hits the quarterback when he can't see. So what do we do? We need to protect that guy at the left tackle. So that's what the first part of the book is about. And then it's sort of then about Michael Orr as the next up and coming of that position. When you read the book, you realize that the, the toys are big time Old Miss boosters and they're giving Michael Orr this life First and foremost, for Old Miss football to be good and for them right. to satisfy their fandom. Secondly, is to help this kid. But they are doing this on behalf of the football team, first and foremost, not because of some, you know, you know, saving an orphan or something like that. The other part, though, is in the book, Michael Orr is described very accurately. In the movie, they describe him as this, like, really dumb kid who can't read and he, like, doesn't like to talk. And that's just such a mis- misrepresentation of him. He was really mad when his playing career was first starting when this movie came out because he's like, that's not what, that's not how it goes. I'm not dumb like this guy. Right. That's not, you know. 
And then you get into the whole part. I mean, we could go all the way into the weeds about this, but then you could get all into the part about how Hollywood loves a, a white savior movie and that that's what this was and that's why Sandra Bullock won the Academy Award. I don't want to go down that road because it is just too muddy of waters right. for sports talk radio. But at the end of the day, I think that this was supposed to be... They, The book was not supposed to be the savory story. It was about this analysis of football. The movie was supposed to be the savory story. I don't know if there was ever as many savory elements to this as people want to believe. I- I guess I just feel like this, the movie was great. The Sandra Bullock was great. Everything I loved it. It was great. I think people. <laughs> Most people did. I, I mean, mean it I just a bunch feel of- like people are kind of reaching with the with some of the issues. Like now, people are saying Sandra Bullock should give back her Oscar because of this. Oh boy! I, don't I mean, know about people. That. I mean, like people on Twitter. So like, not really people. <laughs> Like, that's but, exactly how we should spin it from now on. <laughs> people on Twitter, not actually real people. Exactly. <laughs> but this family did a really nice thing for him. Whether it was for football, for Ole Miss or not, they still took a, a human it's true. in. It's true. They, fe- they put him over. He was part of their family. Right. For years. I right. mean, and so I, I don't understand what could have happened that made, I don't know. Turnaround money, on this. I mean, money. What, I, guess, I mean, yeah. yeah. What do they say? Like sixty percent of people that get divorces because of money. Yeah. Like money, it's just sad. money does weird stuff to people. Yeah, it's just sad because they were. There's family. also got to be a lot of stuff going on for you know, if one of the the scenarios here is that Michael Orr ran out of money, then there's also a lot of other things that are going on to cause that to happen. If right. you make that much money, and you don't have any more money. There's right. Something's up. There's something's going on. Yeah. So check those little sports presented by Aspen Sound. Uh, what else you got? All right, I guess anything else on that before we move on? No, that okay. was, that's it. Um, all right, let's move into James Harden. James is back. Uh, I took a little uh, selfie with my nephew today, and I was like, man, my beard looks very Harden-esque. No, it does not. It's not even close to as bad or as good? No. Okay. I mean, it's getting there, Yeah. It's but it's not Harden. Mm. But, Carolyn's face, it, so you don't like James Harden's beard? I don't like James Harden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next. He, he's... Um, he is vowing to take down the 76ers. He is. He I says, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be part of an organization that he is a part of. Yep. All about money again. This is after James Harden deked and ducked and signed the player option that no one thought he was going to sign to then basically force the Sixers to trade him. Because James Harden knew he wasn't going to get as much money on the open market. He had a player option that the Sixers didn't want him to sign and didn't think he was going to sign. And he He signed it so that he could get his guaranteed money and then have to force a trade. He's such a jerk. He's just such a jerk. The part about James Harden I do respect is that he truly doesn't care about like James Harden said m- multiple times his the biggest criticism of James Harden from like basketball pundits like me is that he can't win in the playoffs and James Harden said many many times guess what I don't care I make 50 million dollars a year and every kid on the playground wants to be like me and we go to the playoffs and that's all I really care about like, he's such a jerk like oh. he he's not great like James Harden is just he just hoops he's not trying to do any of this stuff he's not like Giannis where he's all driven and do you uh, yeah. think he's gonna wear a fat suit to practice I don't know I don't know think he has to wear a fat suit I think James Harden loves it up in the he off was, season he was told that or he said he is not going to camp or practice or whatever of training he's not. yeah so now what so they're but the 76ers <laughs> say they're gonna keep him for sure they are so then what? <laughs> what? I do not understand this. It's 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 crazy. We've reached a point where of real bad. I mean, it's really toxic what's going on now. I mean, there's multiple guys in the NBA now over the last handful of years that are getting paid exorbitant amounts of money 
and they don't even play. Right. Like Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons literally went through seasons where they made 20 plus million dollars without playing. How do they look at themselves in the mirror Man. and teammates? Aren't their teammates mad? Such a deep question. Thank you. It really is, honestly. The the culture of the culture of enabling is as strong in NBA circles as any other circle in America. These guys surround themselves with people that just tell them they're the best. Right. But they also just like prop these people up because they pay for, you know, so many guys in the NBA have these huge conglomerations of people with them all the time. And uh, I, I don't, and no one's I, telling them to do the right thing. The guys that are the really good players are guys that do have people to tell them what to do, uh, yeah. to do the right thing. I mean, that's why LeBron James is so successful because he has his wife and Maverick Carter who have both known him since he was a teenager. And they're like, if he's messing something up, which he rarely does, but if right. he is, they're like, you got to get it back on yeah. the rails. LeBron's just not wired like that either, though. Like, these guys have, you're right. Like, these guys have a missing link. Yeah, there's something wrong. It, it's so weird, especially because you have to be so competitive to be a pro athlete. How, I don't know how you could possibly, like, just even get by living your life without, like, hooping, you know? Like, plus, how does Ben Simmons just sit out for a whole year? Well, plus, they've been playing basketball since probably they were, you know, eight years old or whatever. At least. They know what a team dynamic is and the importance of that. That's the problem is a lot of these guys don't, you know? Because they're only, they're, they want to be the star or Like whatever, Kyrie Irving transferred high schools like three times and then he went to Duke and he played in eight games and he was still the number one overall pick and then he gets to go play with LeBron and he wins a championship before he's even ready to do anything. He's just been enabled his whole life. Yeah. Like I guarantee you nobody in James Harden's camps being like, bro, you should like, reel it in and go play, yeah. earn your paycheck. They're just like, no, nah, man, you're the man. It's so gross. It's so weird. Well, we'll see what happens. I just hope I get to see him in a fat suit again. That's all I really care about. <laughs> Want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Carol and the Two Doesn't Know Sports joining us here on this Thursday. All right, what else you got? Do you know who Wander Franco is? Wander Franco. Wander. Wander Franco. Franco. No, I do Plays not. for the Tampa Bay... Rays. Yeah, that's right. He has a hundred. He signed a hundred and eighty-two million dollar eleven-year contract in twenty twenty-one. Okay. He just got busted having a fourteen-year-old girlfriend. Whoa. He is twenty-one, I believe. Not that that matters, but um, he's being investigated. He hasn't been playing. The MLB is currently investigating everything, but saying it's unlikely he'll return to the MLB after their investigation based on what they've already found. Wow. He, yeah, the headline right now uh, in the New York Times, the lead is Juan DeFranco's career may be over. Source close to the investigation. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Very unlikely to play in Major League Baseball again. Wow. I, I just... This is the kind of, well, first of all, it's awful and disgusting no matter what, but you have a $182 million contract and you're willing to risk it. Uh, yeah. You know, like it's just so, it's all so gross. It's so gross. I think he's from the Dominican, Dominican Republican. Republic, that's Republican. Right. Republic, sorry. I think he'll be, just go back there. I don't I, know. I don't know. And I don't know if this girlfriend's there. I don't, it's, it's sick. It was all over social media last weekend. Because he was suspended from a game on Sunday, and then all of these pictures came out of him with this girl. Wow! And it doesn't—it's not like, oh, that's my niece. Like the pictures are not—they look like a boyfriend girlfriend. You know what I mean? They don't Is look she's like 14? she's fourteen. Oh my god! 
I don't even have anything to add to this. This is disturbing me so It's just gross. Badly. I just wanted you to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Money aside, there's no justification for exactly. this. Exactly. I, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, all right. What else you can? Right. Make me laugh. Palate cleanser. Lars <laughs> Newt Bar. Nope. He plays for the Cardinals. Okay. See, you, know, you just throw me these baseball guys. I've been trying to get more into baseball. I bet we have Robert, MLB TV at my house now. I bet Robert Chase knows who Lars Newt Bar is. Yeah, I bet he does. So he foul tipped a ball really, really hard last night. Okay. And it went right into his junk. <laughs> and they have it on video. So he basically hit himself in the you know what's. Wow. And then he, he couldn't come back to the game. Uh, I bet not. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, this is all over the Twitter machine as well. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> well, sucks to be Lars, I guess. Is he good? Don't know. Yeah. How would I know? <laughs> would, if I don't know, how would you exactly. know? That's exactly right. Okay, so next up, <laughs> Cowboys are having their camp in, in outside of L.A. in California. I was just bragging to Andrew how much more I'm paying attention to baseball these days. Lars Dubar is good. He's hitting 283. Uh, he's hitting 283. Uh, yeah, okay. Robert Chase will certainly know. He's well, he he's hit just, something. <laughs> oh, boy. Not good. All right, what else you got? All right, so the Cowboys are at their training camp. What? <laughs> are you laughing? Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't even know how you'd find this. Yes, I do. TikTok. Um, no, New York Post. Okay. <laughs> even better. Old school. <laughs> TikTok for middle-aged people. Uh, New York Post is my favorite website these New days. New York Post is pretty funny. Oh, my God. Their headlines are mm, I can't so believe good. we've been rolling for like 20 minutes already, and you still haven't even brought up your favorite guy. But keep going. We'll get to him, I'm sure. And if we don't, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you I in. I don't have a favorite guy. I know. We'll fill you in. Okay. Back to the Cowboys yeah, at the their Cowboys. camp. Yeah. Two things. My co-star, Kevin Costner, went and watched them play. So you know it's not in Dallas, right? Yes, it's in Oxnard, California. Look at you. Chicka doesn't know sports knowing something. How'd you know that? Because there was a big fight on the field today. Wow. Brock Hoffman fights. and Sam Williams got into it like a brawl. Yep. And then Tyler Bad Biads okay. rushed them <laughs> and took them down. Okay. Then... So then they got all broken up. And I guess earlier in the week, Pres- Prescott. Dak Prescott? Sure. The Dallas Cowboys quarterback? Yeah. 50, I can't read my own handwriting. The $50 million man? Anyway, two guys also got in a fight. So something's up on the Cowboys. No, it's just training camp. They, Why do they, they fight? They always fight, especially when they do the practices with the other teams or they bring the other team to come like co-practice with them. They always fight. Like what other team? What do you mean? So the NFL, you play three preseason, three or four preseason games, but you also then like have midweek practices where the other another team comes to where you're at, and it's like a scrimmage, but it's like a practice as well. Like another NFL team? Yeah, that's right. Really? Oh yeah, people go watch and had no idea. Oh yeah, and uh, shock. There's, I mean, there's fights in training camp in the NFL like pretty much every day. Okay, well, I guess that's not that exciting. I mean, you guys remember that there's a hundred guys in camp and they only have fifty roster spots. These guys are like. This is their whole lives. Like they have, so they're they fighting for their spot. They're literally fighting for Got their spot. Got it. Spots. Okay, that makes sense. I and mean, like the amount of, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to go so hard to make it the NFL. Like these, I guess what I'm saying is these guys are very wound up during these practices. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. well, the more you know. All right. I just thought maybe there was an issue, and you know, we needed to dive deep. And uh, I see. don't think so. I, th- I mean, I you think don't think th- it's over a chick like no, those two definitely. baseball players last week. <laughs> No, I do not. Okay. Uh, Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. All right, what else you got? All right, last one. Okay. 
the Cincinnati Masters Tennis. Stefano, I can't, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, was playing. He kept hearing buzzing, so he kept thinking there was a fly or a bee, so he was trying to swat it away. It turns out it was a fan in the audience okay. making buzzing sounds to distract him because she was cheering on for the person that he was playing. These tennis players are so sensitive. I know. And so he went up and was like, why are you doing that? You know, blah, blah, blah. He asked the ump to make her leave and he wouldn't, but he said he'd speak with her. So he did. And she stayed and she didn't buzz anymore. <laughs> and he ended up winning the match. Well, good for him. Does Masters tennis imply this is like old guy tennis? No, he's young. Oh, okay, so this is just like, that's just the name of the I tournament. I think it's just a tournament, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah these, I mean, you have a, another sensitive tennis player pretty much every week. They're so sensitive. Listen, tennis is a tough sport. It also, mentally. It also attracts some drama queens. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right, well, so Chicken Does Those Sports presented by Aspen Sound. Appreciate Aspen Sound. Go check them out there uh, on Broadway for window tinting, automatic car starters, but, of course, always your uh, in-vehicle stereo systems as well. Also, thanks to the Hype House and Hot House Yoga for their continued support of the Chicken Does Those Sports. I got bad news for you. What? Aaron Rodgers is way cooler than what you and and me too have been giving him credit for the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers is on Hard Knocks and it is absolutely fire. He's so, really he is so cool. He is so much cooler than Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins and all those guys that were just on quarterback. He's so it's already started. He's, it's on HBO. He's right? unbelievably funny. He's so witty. He's so smart, and he is absolutely the best quarterback I've ever seen on Hard Knocks. Are we gonna like him? I am so in on the Jets after watching two episodes of Hard Knocks that I've already put the vast majority of my future bet bankroll on the New York Jets to win the AFC East. Whoa. Whoa. Do you think he just needed a a change of scenery? Uh, I think that a lot of things. I think that, uh, yes, in small town Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers is very misunderstood. I think that he certainly loves himself. Right. He also, you know... People forget that Aaron Rodgers is a brilliant person. He got a perfect yes. score on the SATs. He's like, like in Mensa. Or he went, yeah, like he went to Cal. Like he's, you know, he's a very, very smart guy. I think that what happened, I think he got stale in, in Green Bay. I think there was a power struggle there because he was just the most powerful person in the organization. When you change organizations, you all of a sudden have some people ahead of you, even if you are Aaron Rodgers, you know? Yeah. Because you're new there, right? I think the, Robert Sala, the coach for the New York Jets, is a lot more apt to handle him. I also think there's this cool thing going on, though. The Jets are super young. So now it's not Aaron Rodgers playing with a bunch of guys that are his peers. They're playing with a bunch of guys that are 15 or 20 years younger than him. You think they're making him cool? Well, they just, like, look up to him. And yeah. then he can he can be his, like, sort of self-righteous self without it seeming like he's talking down, down to people. To, right. Because they're just, like... Like they're, I'm playing they're, with Aaron Rodgers. Receiver is 21. He's like, I'm playing with Aaron Rodgers. I can't. Yeah. Like he, they did this interview with the receiver in the car, and he's like, Oh, I remember watching Aaron Rodgers when I was like in elementary school, and it's like you were like when Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. This dude was like nine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's fixing it a lot for me. I know that it's total propaganda. They're only they're trying to make him seem as cool as possible. Right. He is just like a really smart, funny guy, though. I will watch it. Uh, we are You'll love it. re-upping our HBO Max You'll love it. thing, so I, um, I'll watch it. 
You'll this love week. it. You'll love it. Sauce Gardner and Quinn Williams and the young defensive guys are absolutely hilarious. Do you think they're teaching Aaron Rodgers all the cool new slang terms that I learned from my teens? I can't even imagine. We have that funny PSA all about slang terms from the teens. Oh. Uh, yeah. What's you got any good new ones? I can't. Probably none that you can say on the None radio. I can say on air. Yeah, of course not. I learn things every day and I'm just like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> Um, okay, well, good. I, I will definitely watch it. I'll try and get it uh, figured out before our next meeting. Yeah, and yeah, then we can uh, discuss it. I have heard through the New York Post that it's going well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the first two episodes were fire, so. I mean, the actual, like, dynamic on the team is it's going well. It's definitely going well. Yeah. They're going to be really good. Yep. Hmm. Well, I still will root for the Bears. All right. Check out those sports. Nuanas Dow. More right after this. Well, one sec. Before we go on a break, call us, 406-888-1029. You want Paddleheads tickets for Sunday? First caller on this side, first caller on the other side. We got two more pairs for you. Call right now, 406-888-1029. Paddleheads tickets for Sunday. More nuances now right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I'm cracking up because I let Carolyn do the DJing for the second hour. It's just hilarious songs. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hey, a big shout-out to Shine Auto Detailing. They were just awarded Best Detail Shop in Missoula again. It's no surprise. Shine Auto Dealing Detailing has more than 220 five-star reviews. That's more reviews than all the other detail shops combined. They're celebrating by giving the next three callers a $50 gift card for free. If you want a great experience with car detailing, call Shine Auto Detailing. If you call right now, you get 50 bucks. 406-207-3599. That's 207-3599. Get your $50 gift card by calling right now. Shine Auto Detailing. Our Big Sky Spotlight, highlighting various players, coaches, and storylines around the Big Sky Conference. Football-centric this time of year. One of the great players in the Big Sky, an All-American tight end. From Sacramento State, it's Marshall Martin. 
Uh, VCA Breakdown rolls on, and we're making the rounds with a variety of the All-Americans in the preseason from around the Big Sky Conference, including Marcel Martin. He's a tight end at Sacramento State going to his senior year. Marcel, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me here. Appreciate it. Of course, man. First of all, uh, just tell us about this offseason. Sac State has been building and building and uh, working on now three straight Big Sky titles and uh, playoff berths but also uh, falling short in the playoffs a couple years in a row. So what was the motivation level like this offseason, and how would you just describe your guys' offseason as a team? Uh, as a team, I'll say it's like a it's like a brick house. You got to make the house brick by brick. So every day, every practice, we make sure we make sure we want to put a good brick down to have the best practice, the best day. So every day, we just take it day by day, make sure we put our best out there on the field, so we can do good for our coaches and ourselves in the program. So we just got the little chip on our shoulder. We know we got, uh, we're down in the playoffs early, but this year we're trying to make it come coming strong so yeah every day just getting better how crazy was the game that was the season ender for you guys I and mean, i was watching it that was one of the wildest football games i have ever watched i've never seen so many touchdowns just back and forth back and forth i mean multiple onsides kicks what was it like being a part of that game man that was football right there <laughs> <laughs> a whole bunch of football going on for a long time i was i was very appreciative for, i was able to be there and be able to play and perform my talents out there but it was great but coming off that we just got to come better come harder and come stronger and also the huge storyline coming out of SAC is, is just the transition but I know that you guys internally are very familiar with Coach Thompson and I've known Andy for years and years and he's a great guy great coach and he's no he knows the big sky as well as anybody so uh, internally what's the transition like moving on from Coach Taylor and, and how do you think Coach Thompson's done so far as that coach? Honestly, it was very smooth. So, Coach Thompson, he honestly just picked up where Coach Taylor left off and put the guys in the right position, in the right place. So, everything's been smooth. Great transition. Working with him, he loves talking to the guys. He's connected with the guys. He makes sure all all the older guys and everybody know each other's name. So, yeah, like after practice, he had tell somebody like call up in front of the whole team and make them call out the players like do you know his name and do you know his name so it's a great camaraderie with him and I appreciate him for stepping up and doing it so we just gotta put our trust in him but he put his trust in us and make the best out of it Coach Taylor, obviously offensive coach, called all the plays, uh, but Andy was the defensive coach, the defensive coordinator these last couple years, but he does have an offensive background. I mean, he was a high school quarterback, and I know that uh, he's coached on the offensive side of the ball before, so uh, what's that dynamic like? I mean, sometimes when a defensive guy takes over, you think the offense might take a step back, but every time I talk to him, all he talks about is the quarterbacks and making sure the offense keeps humming along, so what's your guys' perspective on that? Of, of our perspective, we got the guys on offense to make the plays and make everything happen. Defense, we can make everything happen too. So it's really not a it's not a difference. Coach Thompson, he loves us all. He chooses all the same player. We're all on the same team, so we're all going to have the same respect from him as the head coach. And so he he does it well. He understands how to play his role for sure as a as a head coach for sure. Marshall Martin joining us here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. As part of our Big Sky Spotlight, presented by Dave Maldonado, Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Dave and his legal team can help you. Uh, when it comes to the quarterback battle, obviously you'll lose two great seniors in Ash O'Hara and Jake Dunaway. 
Uh, what have you seen early on here? And uh, I mean, I know Caden Bennett came in as a very highly rec- recruited guy. Carson Camp's a guy that's played a lot of football in the FCS. How do you see that battle? What's it been like watching it play out so far? Uh, both those guys are amazing. We we honestly have an amazing quarterback room. Like all of our guys can, I feel like they can play. So at the end of the day, we're just gonna have to see at the first day and the best man will win. They're both great though, like great, amazing quarterbacks. So. We'll see you on the first game. This the rise of Sac State in general. What's that been like to be a part of? And what have been the key factors? How have you guys been able to get this thing rolling like you have? Uh, I feel like the discipline and the coaching, just the the, the, the family, and the, it's just all it all played a part in how these three years go out of states like that. We have some out of state players, but we don't really recruit out there. We just feel like home is where the players can be at. Like You can find a great player somewhere near you, anywhere. So he made sure, and even with Folsom, we have a lot of Folsom guys. They played a big part in to these three like, past years, too. So it's just great having a local talent be able to come and put on for their home city or their hometown. I also want to just ask you about the offensive line. You guys got a, a pretty veteran group up there and, uh, you know, highlighted by an All-American in, in Jackson Slater. So, um how much solidification does that give you, or how much how much how much does continuity help the offensive unit having some veteran guys up front? Uh, I know the quarterback and the running backs really love them guys a lot, and you know I'm a part of that unit too. So uh, I, I like to help the guys with them. The old line, the offense is just we're one big offense. So like we all all are on the same page. We make sure we work with each other. The offensive line, I know their calls. They know my calls. So. It's a team thing. We make, we got to make it all happen, all 11 guys on the field. And running back, everybody's looking and thinking, okay, Cameron Scadaboo, he's in the, I guess, what used to be the Pac-12. He's at Arizona State now. Uh, but uh, I was really impressed with Marcus Fulcher last year. I thought he was really, really good, especially on special teams. So uh, what sort of talent does he bring, and what else is, is playing out there at the running back's room? Uh, his, his sense of cool, calm, and collected. He's a great player. I honestly love the way he runs the ball. He runs the ball like he don't want nobody to tackle him. The, the juke moves he makes is, is kind of crazy sometimes. I'll be seeing him myself. His big leg is amazing. <laughs> but he yeah, has very stressed good leg. So, yeah, he's he's a great guy. Uh, he leads the run, all the younger running backs, so all the guys, they look up to him and follow his steps and watch how, how he was able to take his... Uh, take like little uh, moves from him and get better and stuff so yeah he's a great great part of our offense and a, a big part I know you're not looking past your first two opponents with Nichols State and Texas A&M Commerce but one game that just stands out so much on that schedule is the game against Stanford in week three with Coach Taylor now leading the way there so um, what, do you, what do you think it's going to be like playing against uh, a guy you used to play for uh, it's going to be a regular football game, honestly. Faceless opponent. Uh, I'm just going to go out there and do what I love to do, play football. Last thing for you, then, just expectations for you and uh, for Sacramento State this year. I mean, you guys got a target on your back now, but you guys have done a great job embracing it. So uh, what, what's uh, what's on the docket for you guys? What's your expectations this year? This expectation, we're uh, – we're going to come with it all. We're, we're bringing it this year. Sacramento said we're trying to come for it. We're coming for it. Yeah, I love it. Marshall Martin here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for joining me, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having me. Hey, guys, going to play football. Uh, 
I think for, I shouldn't say as long as he wants, because that almost is never the case, but he's going to have an opportunity beyond this year, I believe. But he's uh, certainly one of the best in college football and, and absolutely one of the best tight ends in FCS football, Marshall Martin from Sacramento State. Appreciate him for joining us. And uh, no lack of confidence. We're coming. We're trying to win it all, he says. If, if you don't believe it, how can you ever achieve it? Got to love the confidence. Our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Have any sort of uh, legal needs, particularly criminal defense or personal injury, visit BigSkyDefender.com. The Grizz soccer season is underway. We'll let you know how they did in their first game. Right on the other side. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for kicking it with us uh, here on this Thursday. Appreciate it. Coming up at the uh, Paddlehead Stadium, they have their Indigenous Heritage Celebration. It's actually tomorrow night, so it should be a really, really fun evening. It always is. All sorts of homage to uh, Indigenous people from Montana and around uh, the rest of the country as well. And we got some exciting stuff coming up with our great friends of the All Nations Health Center uh, as well, sort of in this same vein. So stay tuned for that. That's going to uh, probably drop sometime early next week. We uh, didn't have one of these last Thursday because the paddle has had an early first pitch last Thursday. So didn't get, have time for some diamond time, but we have some now. First of all, if you missed anything of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications the M Store, where their auger is all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. The Paddleheads back in action tonight, the third of six games against the Boise Hawks. The uh, Paddleheads are off to a 2-0 start in this series. They won on Tuesday night, 13-7, and then they won last night, uh, 9-0. We're joined by the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads now, uh, and Jeff Safford, and we might get into some Major League Baseball as well here on Diamond Time. Uh, but first, Jeff, it's been a couple weeks since we got the full-on update uh, about the Missoula Paddleheads. So first of all, thanks for being here, man, and I uh, ho- hope you're doing well. Uh, what's been going on these last uh, little uh, last couple weeks? It seems like Missoula's just been rolling along like they have all season. Yeah, Coulter, good to visit with you. I know it's been a few weeks. Hopefully you're staying cool. Hopefully your golf game's still going well through the summer also. But, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting role for Missoula because looking back to last week, the Billings Mustangs came in here and gave the Paddleheads all they could handle, actually winning a six-game set, taking four of six. Now they go on the road, Centene Stadium last weekend, a ballpark that has given them some issues the last couple of seasons, but they would not have many issues. And said it on the radio, it really felt like a get-well series for Missoula. Just swept right through the Voyagers in a three-game set, and they have taken that momentum with them to start this series, outscoring the Hawks 22-7. to First two games of the series, outscoring or shutting them out last night, 9 nothing. Missoula now, uh, after this uh, recent surge, and it was, it was sort of the First time where Missoula's really gotten it taken to them in a series and lost, you know, like a six-game set uh, in quite some time. But they got back on track, and now they're riding this five-game winning streak into the night. But Missoula is 54-20 uh, and 20 
so far <laughs> this season. So uh, a 730 win percentage, quite absurd. Uh, th- there were some other teams that were sort of playing chase, but Missoula has been unbelievably consistent, and now they've got everybody in the rear view there. Uh, games and games ahead of, of everybody else in both the North and the South. What, what do you think has been the cons- the, uh, the the key element to, to Missoula's consistency so far this year, Jeff? Well, I'd look at two things when looking at this ball club. And any time you think the Missoula Paddleheads the last three years, you think offense. And that's been true again here in 2023. Team batting average over 330 and The thing that really makes this offense unique is its ability to just go one through nine, how they just can come at you, each guy, one and through nine, literally, where we've seen it a few times in this series where the Paddleheads have had six runs on the board in a six-batter stretch, five runs on the board in a five-batter stretch, where it's just boom, 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 single, 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 double, home run. That sort of thing, just stacking it up with everybody contributing, doing their job, and then the starting pitching has just been outstanding this year. Zach Penrod just was signed to the Boston Red Sox organizations. Congratulations to Penrod returning to affiliated ball after being in the Rangers system in 2018. But also I've seen Connor Schultz be outstanding. He's now second in the league in ERA and Alfredo Villa has been the best pitcher in the Pioneer League by my estimation. A 10-1 and record going into his start tomorrow. Jeff Safford joining us. It's our Diamond Time, which we do each Thursday here on Nuanas Now, catching up with all things baseball, Pioneer League baseball, Major League baseball, sometimes uh, American Legion and high school baseball as well. Before we go here on this Thursday, we got some Iron Grizz for you. The Iron Grizz is closed just just temporarily, just just through the weekend. They'll be back open on Monday. So just plan ahead. If, we, if you win, just don't go there for a couple days. But you're still going to be able to go there. Uh, while their summer season is still available. If you want some Iron Grizz, text us right now, 406-888-1029. We got 50 bucks for you to the Iron Grizz, 888-1029. Jeff, bounce into the major league level just for a minute, and then we'll come back to uh, the actual contest in Missoula tonight for the Paddleheads. Um, There's something that's, at least in, in my conscious memory, Completely unique. The the New York Yankees are terrible. <laughs> they, I laugh because this literally hasn't happened in 30 years. There's certainly been t- the Yankees have sky high expectations every year. There's been many times over the last 30 years when they have not fulfilled those expectations. But the Yankees, I don't believe, have been under 500 at this point in the season since Derek Jeter's rookie year back in 1995. It's been uh, almost three decades since. The Yankees have been uh, this bad. They've lost 14 out of their last 21 games. They sit in last place in the American League East. How did this possibly happen? And are you having as much fun with this as I am, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I would I would say I am. It's just been <laughs> kind of a fun thing to watch from afar. It's kind of like you feel almost bad watching it. It's almost like Mark Hamill Joker laugh, you know what I mean, from, right. the, old, from the old 1990s cartoon just watching this team just go down in a flurry they've lost five in a row offense just scuffling and the last time i saw this today you mentioned the 1995 deal it's been since 1992 since the yankees finished under 500 now obviously got some time left to go and there's a lot of veteran guys on that roster that might just for pride try to turn around and say hey we're the new york yankees we can't just lay down like this 
maybe the captain gets things rocking and rolling again, trying to hit some bombs for the Yankees. But it's just been crazy. And part of it has been just the strength of that division. For sure. Seems like Baltimore and Tampa Bay with 74 and 73 wins at the top. And a little bit of another West Coast swing on it. Don't look now, but the Seattle Mariners are getting back into it. A few times on this program, we've kind of touched on, and it doesn't look like it's going to be this year for the Mariners, but they've been on a hot run, and they're right in it in terms of the wild card race as well, just a game back of Toronto. And I think Julio Rodriguez had himself a day on this Thursday. Whoa, man, five for five. Crazy. I won a little coin on the Mariners earlier today. I was sitting at the Desperado, a little lunch meeting, and... uh... The Mariners up one nothing, so I bet them to win minus one and a half. Boom, four bucks to make eight, make eight bucks. High roller around here. Jeff Savard, the Missoula Paddleheads, voice of Missoula Paddleheads, joining us here uh, on Nuwaz now. Uh, just a little while away from first pitch, so um, just we only got about thirty seconds, Jeff. But what do you expect tonight? Well, the Boise Hawks have to find something early in this game to get themselves rolling, as they have just gotten their doors blown off the first two games of this series and. Manager Gary Ventoli is a third-year guy. He was part of the Pioneer League Championship Series against Missoula two seasons ago. He knows what the challenge is, but I expect to see a locked-in Boise team tonight trying to get some runs on the board, get themselves a win in this series. But paddleheads will be coming on the other side as well. First pitch about 7 p.m. Catch it right here on ESPN Missoula. Thanks to Jeff Safford for uh, chiming in on our Diamond Time. And thanks to you for listening to Diamond Time as well as the rest of Nuanas now. We'll be back at tomorrow. No Rajim Seabrook, but plenty of other fun conversations for you, including some NFL pick'em with Brooks Nuanas. We'll see you at 4 p.m. tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.